guys, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. Uh, thanks for downloading this episode. Guys, we have Conrad freaking Thompson on this episode. Uh, he is co-host of the Ric Flair Show on MLW Radio. Conrad, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, talk a little wrestling with you today. Hey, let's talk wrestling. I, uh, Phil, my cohort, producer Phil here, I texted him about a year ago and said, hey, I really want to do a podcast. His response was, Will it be a wrestling podcast? Well, and, and so it just turns out we're going to talk movies. But I love wrestling, and I've always loved wrestling, even when. Uh, and I would. Do you think wrestling is cool now or less cool now than it was? Uh, it's certainly less cool than it was. You know, in the late nineties, um, it's a lot less cool than say ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. Right. Uh, were you a huge WCW fan? Um, not as a little kid, as a little kid, I grew up a little Hulkamaniac, so right, I was of all course. things WWF. We all, then, we all uh, were, yeah. Sure. And so 96, 97 started to really get me, uh, more into WCW. I was always a fan, I guess, you know, I watched it, but, uh, the old NWO thing really captivated me. So I really enjoyed 96 WCW to probably the end of 99. Sometime <laughs> into 2000, it started to not be nearly as fun. It got kind of wonky there, and it's almost like uh, the and I, this has been talked about a billion times on the you know just even on the WWE Network. You can watch so many shows sure. about uh, the, the the demise of WCW, and but it's uh, just an amazing thing and had the competition and the amount of uh, like the television ratings at that time. It's crazy. Well, and I think that's something that really wrestling fans, and I'm not saying us specifically, but I think wrestling fans today put too much emphasis on that. You know, people consume things differently, and Mm -hmm. it's just a different time. And, um, you know, I I have dozens of friends who don't have cable, you know, who just have cut the cord, so to speak, and they just do all the subscription services. Right. That didn't really exist back then. You know, everybody had cable. And so – you know, video on demand didn't exist. And I mean, a lot of opportunities now, the internet wasn't where it is. I mean, you and I are streaming video right Right. now. That was not possible back then. So, uh, ratings was really an indicator of who was winning between two companies, but now, you know, ratings aren't as big of a deal. It's all about revenue now. Right on. So how, okay. So how did you get hooked up with Rick? I mean, how did that relationship come about? Uh, I met him in 2013 uh, after Reed had passed away, Okay. Um, and he lives in Atlanta, Georgia. And a lot of people still believe he lives in Charlotte, but that's not true. His girlfriend, uh, Wendy, has four small children. Well, they're not all small, but they're all school age. So uh, he has to be, or he wants to be, near her. She has to be in Atlanta. He is in a suburb of Atlanta uh, and has been there for years now. Uh, but he doesn't have a lot of friends based out of Atlanta. He's really good friends with Brad Nessler, who's out of there. Mm-hmm. But realistically, most of his friends are kind of scattered around or they're in Charlotte. Okay. Uh, and that's not too far from me. So when we met at an appearance, we just hit it off. Uh, had a lot of common interests, you know, watches, cars, sports, wrestling, whatever. Uh, we traded numbers, kept in touch, um, uh, so talked to each other over the holidays, you know, exchanged presents, watched football games together, awesome. did the whole birthday deal. And uh-huh. then before you know it, he was offered an opportunity to do um, a podcast and knew that I advertised my mortgage company mm-hmm. through a series of live radio commercials every day. So he felt like I could, you know, give him somebody to bounce stuff off of for his first episode. That worked out. He liked it. So 
I've been there ever since, but That's that wasn't awesome. the original plan. Gotcha. Hey, you talked about your mortgage company. Tell us a little bit about that, and then tell us after that. Tell us about um, the Ric Flair show and anything else you're you got going on. Uh, First Family Mortgage and Hometown Lenders are my mortgage companies. We have a presence in about half the United States. Uh, you can check us out at htlenders.com or onefmc.com. Uh, we'd love to save you some money. Interest rates are great. Never been a better time to buy a house or to refinance. If you're in a 30-year loan, you should definitely look at a 15. Uh, even if you've looked before and don't think you can afford it, it's really worth another look. Uh, and if you're interested in uh, being entertained, we have a couple of different podcasts with MLW Radio that are worth mentioning. Uh, we have Woo Wednesday every Wednesday for the Ric Flair Show. Uh, we have big-time guests on there. Big time. Uh, we've had Shawn Michaels. We've had Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a who's who yep. in the wrestling business, from Hulk Hogan to Steve Austin and everybody in between. Yep. And then on Fridays, I co-host the uh, Something to Wrestle With podcast with Bruce Pritchard, right which is really perfect for wrestling nerds who want to know what happened when. Yes. And Bruce was kind of the right-hand man of Vince McMahon for over two decades. He can tell you everything from the 80s and 90s. And that's what I really enjoy talking about. And that's every Friday on MLW Radio. And, and Bruce is brother love. Absolutely. So, I mean, Bruce absolutely. was brother love and, and was right in the thick of things, both on screen and behind the camera. Absolutely. Yeah. What a, I mean, what a great uh, – <laughs> I mean, that's awesome, man. That's awesome that you got – Super it's cool. fun. Well, it's cool that um, – and that's just how life works where you, you, you get involved with something. And then, like, like I said, with your Ric Flair stuff, it's like you met him in an appearance – and then you guys hit it off, and, man, here you are. So that's awesome. Yeah, it really worked out. It's something I wouldn't have imagined, but uh, I've been able to um, become close with you know his daughter, Ashley, who wrestles for WWE as Charlotte, and I'm friendly with uh, his son, David, and, and obviously really tight with his girlfriend, Wendy, and I know cool. Megan. And, yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of an extended family now. I mean, that, when my dad or mom are sick, Rick's calling to cheer them up. And How about that? I'll bring see him in the hospital. It's just a... It's weird the way it's worked out, you know, with me being 35 and him being 67, and we uh-huh. hang out all the time, but it worked. <laughs> but what a cool 67-year-old. So really, you know, it doesn't that, that transcends age, right? So The coolest 67-year-old I know for yeah, sure. Yeah, you know it. You know it. So, hey, uh, you went to SummerSlam, is this correct? That's right. I was able to check it out. Whenever you go with Rick, though, if he's not booked on the show, he's leaving right after Charlotte's match. So for real? Okay. I can comment about the live experience up until the end of Charlotte's match. And then after that, I can talk about the network version for the rest okay. of the night. So what what's uh, the backstage like at a venue like that, at a pay-per-view that large? Uh, they're probably bigger in L.A. from a celebrity standpoint, but there were still plenty of celebrities here. Uh, but the guys that I'm most excited to see were guys like Okada, Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Ellering, people who you wouldn't probably expect to be back there right. uh, at that show, but they were, Okada being the biggest surprise. But he was there that last year, too. In that New is York. surprising, yeah. Uh, he was actually in uh, the United States for the Ring of Honor show, which was on the left coast in Las Vegas. Gotcha. But before he flew back, he thought, hey, let me go over here and visit Nakamura and all of his friends over there. So a couple of guys tagged along with him, but of course he's the one that everybody wants to talk about former new Japan world champion. So that's kind of cool to see. That's really cool. And, and you said Paul Ellering, have you seen him on NXT at all? I have, I have seen him there. I thought it was kind of weird that half the crowd maybe knew who he was and the other half didn't. But, but isn't, that uh, an, isn't that an age thing where it's like, Hey, that's Paul Ellering. And, and people are there like, who I like the, I like the chance in NXT are hilarious because it's like, who are you? Like we had, I heard that chant. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, yeah, I think, uh, and this is almost sacrilegious to say, but I think a lot of WWF fans would have recognized him as Paul Ellering had he brought the dummy out. That is true. 
which is stupid. I agree, but yeah. that's what those fans remember. It's a it's a trademark. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's Rocco. true. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. So did you get to see the AJ Styles John Cena match? I didn't see it live. Uh, I heard the entrances right as we were um, exiting the building, mm-hmm. uh, and the crowd was really hot for Cena's entrance. You could yeah. hear it from outside the building. Isn't that crazy? Uh, That's but so when weird. I had a chance to actually sit down and watch the match, man, I think it's one of the better matches of the year. Uh, I, I know it hasn't gotten reviews that way, but the false finishes and the way they had the crowd in the palm of their hands was really, really impressive. And, and I don't think it's necessarily fair that AJ is always the person who gets credit for those type matches because John Cena has a track record now for the last few years of putting on these type of big time matches on a big stage. And I feel like um, I, I feel like uh, Cena, you can almost tell that he's really ramped it up, and he's trying he's trying to overcome some of that stigma of hey he can wrestle and he can I mean he can do a lot of stuff and he, I, I feel like it looks like he takes care of people when he's in there too so. No, I would totally agree with that. I think um, he understands his role, and he is definitely a company guy, and he's making guys. This time a year ago, we did it for Kevin Owens. Now he's done yep. it for AJ Styles. Yep. Uh, two years ago, he was trying to do it for Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has really put forth a real effort of trying to make guys superstars, whether it's a Rusev or Bray Wyatt or an AJ Styles or right. Kevin Owens. Uh, he is he is doing the company a huge service, and he's not really getting the credit he deserves because it's just cool to boo him right now for whatever yeah, reason. Which is really weird, but that's really weird. But yeah, hey, I thought SummerSlam overall was a pretty good show. The uh, blood at the end with uh, Randy Orton uh, was kind of. I mean, I get. Did you see that coming, or something, something to that level? Or I, did you think it would just be a, a pinfall finish? I knew um, backstage that there was going to be something happened that was controversial yeah but nobody knew what exactly but you just knew something was going to happen something, something. Uh, kurt angle on the rick flair show this past week uh suggested that he liked the finish but mm-hmm. maybe it was in the wrong spot on the card maybe right. seth rollins and finn balor should have finished and they should have had that a little before because it kind of lent itself to maybe a flat ending there wasn't a big celebration it was just kind of yeah. Shock. Well, and, and the, the shock should have been in a different spot. Well, and the match before that was the Roman Reigns Rusev kind of. I don't know what that was. That was just a, it was odd. Like a, it was a weird. That was weird. And then that to lead up to uh, Brock and uh, Randy Orton with that, it was it that that really made it flat. Like that made it kind of really flat. So I really thought Roman was going to win there, and they were going to try to make him make the United States belt mean something again, like right. John Cena tried to a year ago. And mm-hmm. I thought Rusev has done a great job with that. I think he's probably one of the more underrated performers. And I'd like to see him sniff around the main events a little bit. And I hope he gets to right. sooner yeah. than later. He's finally, he's finally kind of come back on, uh, he's finally back on track after the whole, the, the, I, I don't want to use the word heat because that's not very, that's, the separation That's, with he and Lana there you go. his character. Yeah, there you and, go. Yeah. And now that they're back together as an act, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he has gotten in even better shape. Yes, he, he looks, looks great. like a super athlete. And uh, I yeah. don't know they talk about that enough. I think uh, some people sleep on him because he is a bigger guy, but mm-hmm. that dude's a, that dude's an athlete. He's country strong, as we say in he Alabama. He is country, Bulgar- well, Bulgarian country strong. There you go. We'll so count it. We're, we're recording this from Missouri, from the Ozarks. Yeah. So when you talk about country strong, I I know what you're talking about, and I and well, I I coach football too, so that uh, country I know that strong can't be easy in Missouri. Well, it's it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It's not quite Alabama, but uh, 
you know, survive, right? Survive. So. Well, in fairness, uh, it seems like nothing is Alabama lately. We have had just a ridiculous run that I would have been happy with the championship in 09 and that been it. You know, to have two in my lifetime with 92 and 09, that would have been sufficient. But Absolutely. this run that Saban's had is just nutty. Exactly. How many, uh, speaking of Alabama, one thing, uh, how many Bear Bryant-based uh, books have you read? Uh, you know, I are you read, a reader? Uh, I read the Junction Boys. Gotcha. Once one time, and uh, I forget the name of the other one, but I've read two total. Okay. Uh, and you know, Bear Bryant is a big deal in the state, or was a big deal, but it's not nearly what it used to be. The biggest thing down here for Bear Bryant still is the hat and yeah. and Houndstooth. Even though Houndstooth is not what he really wore right. on his hat, some people yeah. have just decided, well, no, that's what Bear wore. Well, he didn't really, but. The hat is still a big deal, but outside of that, not so much. Okay, okay. Uh, w- two books. Book. Here's the here's the horror movie podcast book club. Okay. Uh, his autobiography Bear is awesome, but it was written in 1974, so it's it's like of that time period, which I like okay. I like a lot. And then uh, the last coach is really good as well. But anyway, this isn't really the Bear Bryant podcast, but uh, anyway, well, I appreciate the heads up. Roll I'm sure Tide Dad has those. Roll, roll tide, roll tide. Roll so, tide, there roll it tide. is. Come on. Um, anyway, um, we will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. We will wrap up our Tuesday episode here. Okay. Uh, we're gonna play the trailer for No Holds Barred because that's the movie we're gonna Barred. do on Friday, folks. Friday. I'm excited about this. Hey, uh, maybe, maybe the greatest wrestling movie of all time. Not maybe. It is probably ha- kind of has to be. I mean, yeah. Which isn't saying much because beyond that, it's ready to rumble. And I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, I don't know. Does Vision but, Quest count as a? Re- uh, it's not, it's a amateur wrestling movie, so. Well, can't there's do that. pretty much any John Cena movie, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still going to go ahead and say that uh, to me, yes, No Holds Barred is the greatest. Well, great. It's, I mean, it's got Bill Eady in it, so you can't beat that. So anyway, <laughs> and Stan Hansen, and Stan Hansen's in it too. Um, okay, so uh, here's the trailer. And uh, here it is. The biggest superstar is coming home. Brother. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of I want you to come work for me. I am I'm willing to American. pay. Are you trying to tell me my money's not good enough for you? Oh my god, I won't be around when this check clears. What was the name? Let him fight. Zeus can be led. Zeus! I will lead him. Just as I will lead Rip. I know you out there. The World Television Network proudly presents a no-holds-barred fight to the finish. We will not win this fight. All right, so Conrad, the next time we talk, 
It's going to be on Friday, and we're going to be talking no holds barred, Tiny Lister as Zeus, who has the best dialogue of any bad guy ever. I mean, his promo ability is unstoppable in this movie. So, I'm a big fan of uh, of this movie and a huge fan of Zeus. Um, I, I think it's underrated, and uh, I'm glad that we're going to spotlight it this time. We are going to spotlight it. It's going to be phenomenal. So, hey, Conrad, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll see you on Friday. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks right. for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye.